Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to providing support information and resources to individuals diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. We are always on the lookout for new inventions, new exciting therapies that we have any hunch might be providing relief for persons currently having Parkinson's symptoms. I've been on the lookout vigorously these last couple of years for therapies and inventions that use light. It's my personal belief, speaking as a researcher, that light therapy is the medicine of the future. Now, the particular guest that I'm about to introduce here for the radio show today is an individual who will speak to some research that pertains to a new light laser therapy from a company called Erconia. I want to tell you how I found out about this. Usually it's uh, one member of my audience who says, hey, have you heard about this or that? But in this case, I have a friend that I hadn't seen for a number of years that we happened to by chance meet at the Hot Springs about two months ago. And my friend said, you know, I've been having some pretty serious difficulties with remembering certain kind of simple words. And so I'll start to say something And then I suddenly stop, and I just can't remember the word that I'm trying to retrieve. So it got to be very, very frustrating. He was a professional doctor, and so you could imagine talking to clients, and he couldn't quite retrieve the word that he was trying to remember. So he did a lot of search and found uh, this particular therapy that we're going to be discussing today. Had been using it uh, for only about a week or two. But the report back from him was that, boy, he saw a remarkable improvement in his ability to discuss and to recall words. So he was, uh, preliminarily speaking, very pleased. I then uh, contacted the company and received some documentation of some research that they did as it pertained to, of all things, Parkinson's, which showed encouraging findings. So I've contacted uh, the company, and they have recruited an individual who can speak to the research as it pertains to the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So this particular light laser therapy can apply to, as I understand it, a number of different symptoms. And it is clearly something that the evidence suggests helps with dementia, that is, with difficulties with memory and recall. And then the uh, hopeful possibility, of course, is that this therapy will also provide some assistance and support to individuals who experience other symptoms associated with Parkinson's disease as at all. So I have not actually had direct uh, feedback from individuals who have used this therapy, so we don't have any actual information for you. If you are a person who's up to experiment and uh, try new things, well, this is something that ought to pique your interest. It has, as I understand it, no side effects, so there's no reason why 
uh, there would be any harm that would be done from actually using this particular therapy. So this is a follow-up from the program that I aired just one week ago uh, where we looked at another light therapy that was using uh, a slightly different technology, but still it was using light. Uh, that was the Theolite technology. And then today we're sort of going after it and from a different perspective. This is a different technology. It uses uh, a very different approach. Uh, but again, the preliminary evidence would suggest that uh, we're having some promising results. So at the outset, before I introduce uh, Dr. Gare, I just want everybody to know my hope is that some of you will be encouraged to uh, try this out. Again, with no clear evidence that it's uh, going to provide uh, benefit. And then, of course, get back to me and let me know, well, well, how did it work? And so as we get more encouraging reports from people, we can really get the word out more and more to people that this is a therapy that looks like can provide some sustained or even temporary relief from symptoms associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. It is then my pleasure and an honor to introduce my guest today, uh, Dr. Gare, who is going to be discussing uh, this new uh, cold laser therapy. Uh, Dr. Gare, I want to thank right. you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to be on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here to share this information with all your listeners out there because it can really make a big difference in people's lives. Well, that's exciting for everyone to hear. Well, before yeah. we get started with the substance of what this is, tell us just a little bit about yourself, Dr. Gare. Oh, sure, sure. So I've been, I've been in practice since 1999, and I started using lasers in 2004. So uh, when I first got into it, some of the doctors who trained me, they'd been using them since the 80s. So I felt like I was getting into it pretty late, but yet, ironically, 13 years later, there's still not that many people that are aware of lasers. But with uh, the work that I've done, it's gotten me to work with some pro athletes. Like I've done, uh, I've worked the Dodgers and Angels fantasy baseball camps. I've worked with some gold medalists and world record holders in the Pan Am game and Olympic athletes, some Super Bowl champions, some Major League Baseball champions. Um, so I do a lot with sports, but then we also do a lot with, with uh, brain injuries as well, too. I've been going through a program uh, getting a diplomate in functional neurology and, uh, and rehabilitation. And that's where we've got a lot of research on, uh, you know, on what you can do with, with the brain that's kind of outside of what mainstream medicine thinks you can, you can do. And so I've been working with a lot of – at first it was concussed athletes, and then I had patients coming in with strokes, with Alzheimer's, with dementia, with Parkinson's that we were using a laser on. We've seen some pretty amazing results. Um, I've also been featured in – I don't know if you guys – if your listeners are familiar with Dr. Isabella Wentz, the thyroid pharmacist. She wrote a, a New York Times bestselling book called Hashimoto's Pro protocol and did a, uh, a documentary called The Thyroid Secret that I was featured in there because of some of the unique thyroid protocols that I created with the cold laser that can help patients with that. And a lot of the patients with thyroid symptoms have brain issues as well, neurological issues. So we've been working on these things over the last six years to try to kind of refine them and test them out on patients and see what kind of results they're getting. And we've been getting some really, really fascinating uh, results. And I can share some, stu some stories with you too about some of the patients as we go in and talk about this exciting therapy. Well, that sounds absolutely spectacular to me, and I know listeners of my global audience. Well, before we get into the results and the theory and the science behind all of this, I know listeners would like to know a little bit about exactly what we're talking about. So this is a sure. handheld device. Exactly what do you see and how does it work? 
Okay, yeah. So what you see, uh, this really confuses a lot of people because it doesn't look impressive. It looks like a barcode scanner or a laser leveler. And the company whose lasers I use, which is Arconia, they do have handheld ones. They also have some units, this one called the FX, that looks like a stand that you kind of place over the head. And it shines a few different lasers onto the, onto the scalp while you're doing treatment. So it doesn't look very impressive. It's a red light laser. It's in the 635 uh, nanometer range on there, which has been shown to be very beneficial for brain-based therapies. Patients don't feel anything while it's on there. There's no, uh, some people feel a little tingle or a little warmth, but most people feel absolutely nothing, uh, but they just get the benefits as the, what the laser is going to actually do is stimulate some different changes on the cellular level in their body that can be beneficial for many different conditions that are out there. So we'll actually combine this while we're doing some different uh, brain-based rehabilitation exercises. Like we might do some eye movements while we're uh, while we're also do, putting the laser on the brain, or do some different hearing stimuli, or stimulate some different sensory pathways. So it's a very uh, you know non-invasive type of a procedure. Patients don't feel any downtime or any side effects from it. So uh, do I understand the actual unit could look something like a smartphone, or also it a kind of a helmet that you put on your head? Uh, correct, correct. Yeah, the, so the, the Accelerate unit, uh, it looks like a smartphone. It's got smartphone technology, so which is really great for us practitioners or some patients. I actually have some patients who have, have purchased their own unit because they've seen me initially and then gone to live out of state. So they can actually just touch a button on this little handheld unit. That, it's about the size of if you put two smartphones on top of each other. And you can have all these preset settings in there because different frequencies will stimulate the body in a different way. So you can put it on a brain setting or an inflammation setting or an infection setting. And that's what that one looks like. With the FX, it does look kind of like a helmet's going to come down, but not a complete enclosed helmet. There's going to be two individual laser diodes that are directed at different parts of the, of the head, so you can treat the front and the back at the same time. And then a third one that's at the top, top that's kind of shining straight down to the top of the skull. Does a person have to uh, make an appointment with a doctor to get this therapy? It, yes, usually with the type that we have, yeah, you usually have to see a doctor first, and if you want to get a unit for yourself, you usually will need a prescription from a doctor to have that unit, so that way you can be trained in how to properly use it. Uh, obviously, you know, laws vary from state to state and from country to country, but in general here in the U.S., especially where I'm in California, that's how we have to do it. So are there many doctors that know about this and that can write prescriptions for people? <sighs> That's where we have the problem is that, you know, the technology has been around since the 1960s and tons of research on this as well, but you have a lot of doctors that aren't very well informed in it. And then unfortunately, there's a lot of doctors who even if they have a laser, they don't really know what they can do with it. So it's kind of like somebody buying a Ferrari and not even having a driver's license and, and not knowing how to drive a stick shift. So we run into that quite a bit to where I actually do trainings. I do webinars for Doctors Worldwide once a month on these different techniques. And I have doctors on there who've had lasers even longer than I have who will contact me later and say, wow, I didn't know I could even use my laser like this. I didn't know there were these studies that showed this, the, the, you know, how it could work for, say, Parkinson's or for a stroke or these other types of things. Because a lot of doctors get so focused just on pain. And pain is only one portion of what the lasers can deal with, which, you know, it's an important one, but there's so much more you can do. So unfortunately, there's not a, a 
lot of doctors, I think, that are very well-versed in what their lasers can do, and that's where you run into some problems. But we're trying to train these doctors worldwide so we can get a good list of them uh, so that when patients, if they contact Arconia, they can find a doctor that's actually done some good training. And uh, I actually am putting together protocols for these doctors to make it really easy for them to get them up and running in their, in their practices. As I understand it, on this particular device, there is as many as 20 different protocols. So a person would really need to have some support and guidance to know which yes. is protocol to use. Correct. And, and you know, the protocols even go far, far beyond that. That's just the 20 is like what we can preset program in there. So what we'll usually do when I have a patient come into my office, like the two, I had one who moved to Arizona and one who's moving to New Zealand. So when we set them up in the in the uh, their unit, I had Arconia program in some specific frequencies that were going to be necessary for the protocols they would need based on what their conditions are that they needed continued support with. So it could be different from each person because, I mean, there's even, there's even protocols that can support the immune system when a person's battling chronic infections. There's protocols that can support them when they've got, say, a, a thyroid condition or if they've got autoimmunity. So it gets really, really far out there in what you can do. Uh, I even did a protocol on my cat when he had acute necrotizing pancreatitis and he was Eight year, 11 years old, and the vet told me I needed to put him down because there was no chance for him to survive. I took him home and did some pancreatic protocols on him twice a day for seven days, and when I took him back, they were shocked because his pancreas went from 90% destruction to being basically normal uh, for an 11-year-old cat. And the exciting thing was the doctors ended up, the veterinarians ended up getting lasers after that and started using them on their animals because <laughs> they saw such a tremendous, <laughs> such a tremendous difference in mine. And uh, my cat, he was also diabetic, and they said the bad news was at that age, he'd probably only live one or two more years, and he needed four units of insulin twice a day. With continued laser on him, he lived six more years, and he only needed less than one unit of insulin twice a day. So much, much better than what they had anticipated was going to happen, all thanks to doing some unique protocols with the laser. Now, people who listen to this particular interview and this radio show come from all over the world, but let's get really specific yeah. so people can sort of understand sure. what might be involved. Now, you are located in California. What state? I mean, what city? I'm in West Covina, which is, which is uh, just outside of Los Angeles and Pasadena. I'm about 15 minutes east of both of those. Awesome. Okay, so people who live in that area would think, whoa, that sounds great. I'd like to be able to make <laughs> right. an appointment with Dr. Gar. All right, so they make an appointment, they right. come see you. What happens next? What happens when they come and see, and usually what we're going to do is, is we give them a lot of questionnaires before they come in. We have a metabolic assessment questionnaire, a neurological assessment, and a brain region localization form that we actually send out to them before they come in. And we want them to ideally, like let's say especially if it's a brain patient like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or they've had a stroke, we want all that before they even come in so we can really see what are the pathways we specifically need to support in, in, the, in the brain. So that way it saves them time when, they off, when they're in the office, and I can streamline my examination too because then I can customize it to evaluate the pathways that are weak in that person uh, when they come into the office. So we'll combine a, a neurological assessment along with a structural assessment. Uh, and then if they have labs, I also like to see their blood work too because uh, we can see some exciting changes with the laser in their blood work too with the inflammation going down. Uh, and, and that's an important thing when we're trying to manage a case properly. So they get how many treatments from you? 
That varies from person to person because, uh, for example, I had one patient who came in. He had had vertigo for six years, had been on a lot of different medications. And uh, when he came in, we were able to knock that out in just one treatment. Now, that doesn't always happen, but with him, it was one treatment. I had another patient who came in who he'd had a, had a stroke last year. And when he came in, he couldn't really speak and he uh, wouldn't really you know, interact very much. And so we would treat him twice a week for, we did that for a couple of months. And by the end of the two months, he was able to sit up, he was able to talk, he was able to joke around. So there's no cookie cutter, unfortunately, of how many sessions it takes. It depends on how much damage is going on in the person how ramped up their immune system is. There's other contributing factors in there as well, too, like do they have diabetes? Do they have a thyroid issue? Do they have previous head trauma? So uh, I really customize it based off of what that person has when they come in. And then basically we'll do the treatment. I like to have them go home, record what their symptoms are, what they feel like, and come back and report to me either later that week or the following week so we can really see how well they're progressing because especially when we're dealing with the brain, uh, there's different levels of what a person can tolerate. And so we have to start off a little slow with the person so we don't overstimulate them. And that's where some of the doctors who aren't very well trained can kind of make a mistake. They can try to fix the world in one session and you might do too much stimulation on that person. Kind of like if you're going to get back into exercising and you try to go run a marathon your first day, you know, you can kind of overstimulate your body. And it's the same thing when we're trying to rehab. We got to kind of get you in there a little slow, see how, see how things are going and then go at the pace that their body is able to tolerate. So a person with Parkinson's symptoms comes to see you, you do the diagnostics, Mm -hmm. you do a series of treatments, and let's say you work with them for a couple of months and they're quite a bit better. Do they have to keep coming back to see you every month or every week (laughs) for the rest of their life, or is this something that can resolve? That's a fantastic question. That's a fantastic question. And, and usually this is where with a Parkinson's patient, that's where we want to get them up to a level and, and, ideally get them to get their own laser in their hands too so they can continue to do some continued laser therapy on their own at home on a daily basis because when you look at the research of what the lasers can do and with Parkinson's being a condition that as you know it's you know neurodegenerative there's not really a cure right now you 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 really want to try to modulate and slow down that that progression and try to do things on a regular basis to create the optimal environment to try to spare the tissue to try to create some uh, neuroplasticity so they can wire around some of the damaged areas. So in a case with something like Parkinson's, it's, it's not really something where we can do a few treatments and okay, say, hey, that's it, you're done, don't, you don't ever have to do any treatment again. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where they will need some kind of supportive treatment. It's going to vary from person to person, again, depending on how progressed are they, how well do they follow their home protocols, like are they eating a healthy diet, are they eliminating some of the foods that could trigger more brain inflammation, how are they handling their stress, et cetera, all those kind of factors that are on there. So I hope that makes makes sense. Oh, it certainly does. I contacted uh, the company in preparation for this interview and asked about the cost of the laser. As I understood it, the retail cost is $11,000. And they also Correct. offered for persons who, uh, when if they're interested in ordering this, uh, they said, well, if if the person ordering it will say, that they have heard this uh, uh, from Parkinson's recovery, they will offer a 10% discount. And so That's the nice. cost, while, while already high, it's, uh, it's uh, reduced $1,000. So for everybody who 
uh, wants to explore this, uh, please be sure to let them know Parkinson's Recovery because you'll get to save uh, 10% off the cost of this if you wind up actually uh, deciding mm-hmm. to purchase one of these units. It sounds like, though, if a person is seeing uh, you or another one of the doctors that you're training, uh, that they would be able to get some sense of the extent to which it's really facilitating recovery over a period of a month or two. So they would know whether or not they would want to purchase a unit or not. Correct. Yeah, correct. Especially as we're working with patients, it's really great uh, because, you you know, some of them say they feel like their brain's waking up. Um, you know, it feels like they're kind of going backwards in time, in, in essence, you know, almost like a Benjamin Button kind of thing to where they feel like they're, you know, n- not as symptomatic as they were in the, in the past. And uh, that's where the patients who have bought it, that's why they bought it, because they were like, I want to continue this. I don't want to go back to where I was. And one of the great things about Arconia is they make a really, really high quality product. So like that Accelerate unit that you're talking about that has the savings, that thing's made out of like this serious steel to where you could drop that thing and nothing's going to happen to it because there are lasers out there on the market that are a lot less expensive, but many of them feel like a cheap flash drive because um, I've looked at some of those other devices trying to help patients with it. And I just didn't feel comfortable recommending those to them because it's like, this thing feels like it could break if they put it in their suitcase and they're trying to travel with it. Uh, Some of the companies haven't been around that long. You don't know if you're going to spend several thousand dollars on a unit and then they might be out of business. Whereas Arconia has been around for for a few decades now. And uh, I travel with mine when I go and I do the uh, did the Dodgers and Angels fantasy camp. I took my lasers with me. I was out on the field with those guys. I dropped my lasers several times, and it was it was fine. It's like a Tonka toy, you know. It's it's very very sturdy. So uh, people are going to have it for the long haul. And and realistically, you know, they're going to save money in the long run uh, if they're doing that on a regular basis at home versus having to always come into the doctor uh, to get that laser therapy. Obviously, patients might want to come in for some tune-ups or some fine-tuning on, hey, how can we kind of change your rehab protocol? Can we get you to do some other exercises uh, while you're using the laser because that can stimulate more uh, changes in the the brain than just sticking it on there alone? So in consulting with you and visiting you and some of the other doctors you've mm-hmm. trained, a person can basically learn how to start this particular system, perhaps put the unit, the helmet on, and then you can show them how they can do a little exercises or movements that, or, or move their eyes in a certain direction. So that will Correct. stimulate some additional neural uh, healing. Correct. Yes, that's exactly right. And the, and the Accelerate is not like a helmet. The FX kind of has that effect to it, but the Accelerate is that handheld one that's like a smartphone. Super easy to use. They really just push the power button, and then it, it'll, it'll give you the preset protocols on there, and they can just click on the brain protocol and literally just stick it on the skull while they're doing those exercises or have a family member stick it on their skull while they're doing the exercises. That's actually what I did with my, with my wife. She had some autoimmune issues with the brain that left her with some major symptoms where she couldn't even uh, watch television without some, some major changes in her autonomic nervous system. And she had a lot of trouble riding in a car or watching movies, especially 3D movies. And so I would, at home, I'd take my laser home. I'd put the laser on her while she did these different eye movement exercises, trying to track and some different hearing stimulation. And she's doing fantastic now. She doesn't have those issues anymore. She can go and watch an IMAX 3D movie, whereas beforehand that used to make her want to throw up uh, and made her feel really sick. So, yeah, these are easy protocols to do it at home people who hear the word laser 
may get scared because we've seen Star Wars mm-hmm. and we've seen what those right. lasers do <laughs> exactly. to the enemy. So could you explain exactly. to people what's the difference between that weapon of a laser and what right. you're doing? Sure, sure. There's all different kind of classes of lasers. So you have like the ones that we're dealing with from Marconi are they're a class two laser. So they're a very low level laser. Uh, some of the lasers have what's called an OTC or over the counter clearance, which means that they're so safe that that's how we can actually sell them to a patient. So that's where there's no damage occurring to the tissue. When you look at a weaponized laser, or let's say even just like a lot of people are familiar with the surgical lasers for say LASIK eye surgery or other types of surgical procedures where they're going to do any kind of cutting or cauterization. Um, those ones are going to burn. They actually are powerful enough to where they can destroy tissue. With a low-level laser, we're trying to do something called photobiomodulation. And the easiest way for people to understand this is to think about sunlight and what it does for every living organism on the planet. So if we take a plant and we put it out in sunlight, you've got the sunlight that's going to hit the leaves, and sunlight's going to have packets of energy that are called photons. So again, sounds like Star Trek or Star Wars. You've got these photons of energy that are going to hit the plant's leaves, and and the plant's going to absorb those photons and then through a process called photosynthesis, convert it into food so the plant can live. If you take that plant out of sunlight and you put it in a dark closet, you know, the plant's going to die and wither pretty much. Now, in our bodies, when sunlight hits our skin, we can't make food, but we can convert that, those photons of energy from sunlight into, say, vitamin D, which is going to affect your bone health. It affects inflammation levels, your immune system, etc. Now, when we have laser on the skin, especially a class 2 or a class 3, uh, which, is, which is low power laser, that's going to trigger these photobiomodulatory effects, which means that you're going to convert the energy from the laser into other molecules. So the most common ones we get with the class 2 laser that we use from Merconia is going to be ATP which is a basic energy molecule that your cells use for every physiological function, whether it's moving a muscle or repairing tissue. You're also going to make nitric oxide, which helps to dilate the blood vessels. Again, this is really important in Parkinson's patients because you want to get increased energy in the brain cells. You want to get improved blood flow in the brain cells, and that nitric oxide helps with that. Glutathione is another molecule that's made that's the most powerful antioxidant that your body makes, and that helps to knock down inflammation. So those are just a few of the molecules that you get when the laser is produced. And again, you don't feel anything. And that's where people get a little confused because like, wow, I don't feel anything. So how do I know this is really doing anything to me? That's why I like to have the patients do these neurological tests. So a lot of times we'll do some movement tests, especially with a Parkinson's patient, and we'll do some balance tests, and then we'll do the laser. And you can see some changes even in one session uh, with the way their function is because of the way the laser is impacting all these different molecules in the body. So I hope that gives your, your listeners a good explanation of the difference between the, the two levels of, of laser. You know, one is being destructive, breaking down tissue, and that's the high-level weaponized lasers. And these other ones are, the low-level ones, are creating new uh, molecules through photobiomodulation. Well, it's a very eloquent explanation, I might say. The Thank you. website for a conia I want to spell for people. So those of you who are listening sure. want to see more about uh, what's on their website of course, it's www. And then Erconia is spelled E R C H O N I A. dot C O M. Listeners always yeah. are interested because there are so many options out there, things that they can do. They're they're obviously interested in costs. So if they make right. an appointment with you and want to get started with this, what kind of cost uh, should they be able to expect? 
what we're doing, if like if the person is coming in just for uh, just for the the laser on their first visit, and if they didn't, if they're not doing a full neurological workup, if they're doing just laser therapy, it's sixty dollars. If we're doing the full neurological workup, which takes longer, then it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Well, that's that very very reasonable. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I try to do that because, you know, a lot of people don't have options out there, and there are some predatory doctors that I feel don't have that great of knowledge in what the laser does, and they're kind of taking advantage of patients' fear, and uh, they're charging a lot of money for not really knowing what they're doing. So I'm trying to make this to really spread more awareness to people. That's my ultimate goal is to make it reasonable so people can get the treatment they need and not have it be the cost be a pro- prohibitive factor. Right. So you've obviously dealt with people with neurological symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. So based on your right. just general experience with those patients, uh, how long does it take for a patient to be able to all of a sudden acknowledge that they're getting better? Uh, that's a great question. And, again, it goes back to that's going to depend on how progressed their Parkinson's is. That's why it's so important to get on top of this early. And if there's a family history of it, uh, I actually like to get people coming in when they're in their 20s or 30s because the roots of the dysfunction and the disease are actually already showing up in your 20s and 30s. You know, if you get that loss of smell, I, I, there's that, are you, you're probably familiar with the peanut butter challenge. Are you familiar oh, with that? Right. Right. Yeah, so that, that peanut butter smell test, you know, if, if someone's got a family history of it, I like to have them make sure that they're testing their smell. You should be able to smell a jar of peanut butter from a foot away, and if you can't, you need to get on top of this as soon as possible. So with a patient that's like that, we can see some changes in one visit. If we got someone that's in the early stages where, you know, maybe they're just getting some chronic constipation and some, some, some uh, loss of uh, sense of smell, again, many times we'll see some changes in one visit to where, hey, I can smell a little better, or I feel like I'm moving a little better, where Whereas if they're very, very progressed, it's, it's much more difficult to where you're going to see much more subtle changes, and it might take a few sessions before you even know if this is going to be beneficial or not. But let's say – let's play devil's advocate and say worst-case scenario. Let's say worst-case scenario, a person comes in, and they do the laser, and they don't really notice a big positive change in their symptoms. We know from the research studies that still on the cellular level, it can halt the progression. It can slow that progression down, and that to me is a good enough – reason for someone to continue doing it is because if you can at least slow down the loss or even, you know, stop some of that loss, that's, that's well worth it, I think. Because the audience of my radio show is so global and people listen from all countries, yeah. how is a person, mm-hmm. let's say, in Great Britain or France or Japan going to take action with this? Are there doctors in those countries that are specialists in being able to help them with this? Yeah, I mean, there are. We've, like, on the webinars that I've been doing, we started doing webinars uh, back in uh, July of this year. And we've, at each of the webinars, I've had over 100 doctors on there. And many of them are international. So we've had doctors on my webinars from Russia, Norway, uh, the UK, uh, Germany, Australia. We've had them from around the world. So they can contact Erconia and find out, you know, where there's a doctor who has the Erconia laser and who's done some of the training. And what we've done to make it easier for the doctors is all the webinars that I've done, we have them archived. So if a doctor wants the information, they can actually contact Erconia and can get the replay links and get my, my, my protocols in a PDF form. So their best bet would be to contact Erconia, and then they can let them know where they have a provider because they do have providers worldwide on there, and they do have international distribution. Awesome. So, again, that website uh, is www.erconia, E-R-C-H-O-N-I-A dot C-O-M. 
Now, people who live mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles area or somewhere near there uh, might be interested in mm-hmm. contacting you. How do they get in touch with you? They can go. I have my, my website is Laser Chiropractic, and that's L-A-S-E-R-C-H-I-R-O-P-R-A-C-T-I-C dot net. So not dot com on this one, but dot net. They can go on there. I also have a Facebook page with about 10,000 followers from around the world. Uh, that's facebook.com slash thyroid info. And on there, it's not just the thyroid. I have a lot of information on there about the brain as well, about celiac disease. So I have videos. I have a lot of articles that I've written. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. My office phone number is 626-338-3600. And they can contact us through any of those means. You mentioned at the outset of our discussion that there's quite a bit of evidence out there for Parkinson's. Speak to that, if you would, please. Correct. Yeah, there's, and it's pretty exciting. And if, if patients want to look this up for themselves, too, what I'd like to tell my patients to do is to go on to PubMed, and that's P-U-B-M-E-D dot com. That's where the government basically houses a, uh, a resource link for, for anyone, patients and doctors, to be able to search on there of what are the current studies. And they can go on there and just type in low-level laser or photobiomodulation and Parkinson's, and then they can see these studies for themselves because there's numerous ones on there. The unfortunate thing is a lot of doctors just don't spend much time reading this research. It's like a lot of us graduate and then just still remain stuck in a time warp of that year that we graduated and still keep practicing like it's that year, uh, but there's a lot of exciting uh, research on there. Uh, there's one particular really good article uh, that came out in the journal uh, Frontiers in Neuroscience from 2015 called Turning on Lights to Stop Neurodegeneration, the Potential of Near-Infrared Light Therapy in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's Disease. And that's a great one that your readers can go on there and they can even read the full research article. Now, you know, a lot of it's going to read like, you know, a lot of mumbo-jumbo, but they'll get the idea of exactly how lasers can impact all of the different processes that are involved with Alzheimer's and also with Parkinson's. Have there been any studies on the specific device that Ericonia offers? Yes, Erconia is coming out with an exciting study that it hasn't been released yet, but it's going to be in the next couple of months that's uh, with with neurodegenerative processes. They also have some coming out with autism and and, uh, uh, ADHD that are going to be released later in this year that shows that utilizing the laser can affect many of the pathways that are involved in, in, uh, you know, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and dementia and all these different conditions as far as, like, in changing the way the alpha-synuclein is is accumulating in the brain uh, or tau protein say, in in Alzheimer's. So there's some really exciting research that shows that it's able to actually kind of, in a sense, almost break these things down without any side effects. And again, you know, a lot of doctors aren't aware of this. Uh, And if there's an autoimmune process that's going on that's also complicating the Parkinson's, uh, there's numerous studies that show that the laser can actually kind of modulate or calm down the autoimmune effect in the brain. And again, these are, there's there's dozens of studies on uh, PubMed that show this. Are there any documented side effects? 
Uh, no, not if you're using, say, like a class two laser. If you go in with too high of a laser, like there's uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Hamblin uh, wrote a big review on laser therapy, and he really recommended not using any uh, laser over 500 milliwatts uh, when you're trying to do neurological rehabilitation. And the research that we see on Arconia, we really try to go even lower. Uh, we try to not dose the brain with any more than, uh, than 10 joules of energy maximal. When you have a higher amount of milliwatts, when people are looking at doctors that are out there for getting this therapy at, at home or, or going to a doctor near them, if a doctor has like a class four laser, in general, that, that's a higher powered laser that you don't want to use on the brain because it can create some negative side effects if you come in with too much power. Uh, it actually has an inverse kind of an effect compared to a lower power. But the best way of, of thinking about it is like imagine you're going in for a massage and you've got someone that's doing the right amount of pressure. It's feeling really good. It's releasing the muscles. And then imagine somebody else coming in and just jumping on your back and digging into it with a really hard stick and beating you up for like an hour. And that's what some of the higher power lasers can kind of do to your body. It comes in with so much power that your body can have resistance to it, especially when we're looking at the brain. So that's the only case that I see of some side effects there. But when we're using the, the class two one, like the Arconia laser, there are no side effects um, that, 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 that the literature is, has shown, which is great. There's not many therapies that you can say have a great positive effect and no real uh, side effects to speak of. When a person is receiving then treatment from you, uh, they get the uh, initial assessment and diagnostics, and then they mm -hmm. actually receive the treatments. Uh, do they go home uh, with bottles of supplements as well as getting the treatment? In an ideal case, yes. Like, let's say in my perfect case scenario, I want to have a patient run comprehensive labs. I actually have a 66-point panel that we run because I'm also trained in functional medicine and functional neurology. So we do these deeper lab tests because, unfortunately, most of the standard labs, at least here in, in, in the United States, are very scant. There's like 10 or 20 things, and they use very wide ranges. They don't catch anything until a person's way, way into their disease process. So we use much narrower ranges. We run a wider battery of tests so we can we run like five different um, inflammatory markers because we know that inflammation is a big factor for how fast is this disease process going to uh, proceed you know if you got a lot of inflammation something like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's is going to progress a lot faster than if you manage that inflammation we also look at three different blood sugar markers because we want to see not only is there diabetes or is there prediabetes but also is there hypoglycemia because if that's going low that's also very negative for the brain we also want to look to see if there's any chronic infections that are like subclinical that have been missed by their regular doctor because then we want to also try to provide support for that because, again, infection too can be very problematic from the brain. We run a very uh, large iron panel because if there's low iron, you're not going to get adequate oxygenation to the brain tissue, which, again, these disease processes are going to progress faster or with males, especially if they have certain different types of ancestries like Celtic ancestry or Mediterranean ancestry, they can be prone to hemochromatosis, and that can be very, very damaging for the brain. So we want to look at all those things in an ideal case, and then we do do customized supplement nutritional protocols based off of that. Now, not every patient can afford that, so sometimes they'll, they'll come in and we'll just do the basics, which might be recommending some high doses of, of DHA because it's very beneficial from the, for the brain. Uh, we might have them do you know, some 
co- coconut oil uh, in, in a shake every day, uh, some different things that dampen inflammation like turmeric and resveratrol. We use a product from Apex Energetics that I really like because it's very concentrated. It has high amounts of turmeric and resveratrol in there, which have been shown through research studies to be able to dampen a really nasty inflammatory molecule called nuclear factor kappa beta. And if you can dampen that molecule, you can, you can really help to support the brain and slow down some of the progression of the con- condition there. So yes, in a perfect world, we do send them home with supplements based on their labs and off, off their questionnaires as well. You mentioned background in functional medicine. Could you please explain to mm-hmm. listeners what functional medicine is all about? Sure. Functional medicine is is taking the approach of looking at the body as a whole, looking at all the systems together. And what we try to do is we try to look for what is the cause of the dysfunction, not just what is the supplement or the medication that you give. Because unfortunately, a lot of doctors who label themselves as holistic practitioners really are just practicing the same allopathic model of disease, which is uh, if you go to a regular uh, doctor, regular medical doctor, you're going to have a disease process and they're going to give you this medication for the symptoms to try to manage it without usually looking at the underlying cause. A lot of holistic doctors, it's going to be the same thing. You come in for a certain condition and they're going to say, well, here, take this or that, that supplement for your condition without really trying to address where is it coming from. So what we do in functional medicine is we try to make no assumptions on what the problem is. That's why we run deeper labs. We use optimal physiological functioning ranges. So let's take glucose, for example. Um, if someone goes into the medical doctor, they don't get concerned about their, uh, their glucose levels until they start getting over, say, 126 or 128. In functional medicine, if we already see it over 105, we know that there's already an inflammatory process that's occurring and there's already damage that's going on to the nervous system. So we really try to get more into a, a, an optimal range, which for us is between 85 and, say, 99, because if the patient even goes below 85, then they could be a little functionally hypoglycemic to where we need to also maybe support their blood sugar so their, their blood sugar is not dropping so much so the brain has optimal uh, uh, fuel. So what we do in that is we're going to look at that. We look at how all the systems interrelate with each other. You know, is, is the, are the liver detoxification pathways running properly? Is the gut properly absorbing nutrients or is that a problem? And especially when we look at Parkinson's, you know, and, and Alzheimer's and dementia, a lot of these brain types of conditions, all the research these days is showing that it starts in the gut. You've got these different infectious agents that can crawl up the vagus nerve and then start to create damage in the brain. So we also look at the gut as well. Even if someone's coming in with a brain problem, I'm going to look at everything, and that's what we do in functional medicine. We look at the whole body and try to address all of the different factors that are creating the problems that the person has. The focus, then, of interest is not in simply suppressing symptoms, but rather in identifying the cause and addressing the cause. Correct. And looking at the lifestyle factors, you know, what's the person's diet like? Are they reactive to certain foods that we need to remove? Do they have too much stress in their life? Sometimes we have to recommend patients to change jobs because, uh, you know, if that stress is just driving their, uh, their fight or flight system too much, you know, it's very hard to make progress with people in that case. So we try to give patients the tools to make an overall lifestyle change so that they're not just dependent on us as the doctor, but they also become, you know, a part of a team in their overall care. And the goal is to try to make them self-sufficient to uh, as much of an extent as is possible. Listeners are probably wondering, hmm, I live in this little small town, Wheatland, Wyoming. I wonder if there's any Mm -hmm. doctor that might basically be trained to use this. So how many doctors are really trained and available for consultations in the United States? Are we talking uh, 500, 100, 1,000? 
Uh, now, there's, there's what's the availability of people? Yeah. It's it's growing a lot. I mean, in the in the six years, in these last six years, I've seen it grow exponentially because now you also have doctors who will do consultations over the internet. There's doctors who are doing Skype consultations. So even if they're living in a really small area, there's probably someone in their state that they can do a consultation with, even over the internet on this. Um, they can go to there's certain resources they can go to to find some doctors. Like uh, one of the ones that I really like is the International Association of Functional Neurology and Rehabilitation because many of those doctors in there are trained in not only functional neurology but also functional medicine and the website for that is IASNR.org. They can find a list of doctors on there. Uh, there's another one they can go to that's just called thyroidconnections.com. And most of the doctors on there are well-trained in functional medicine, and many of them do telemedicine as well. So they can find things there. There's also the Institute for Functional Medicine. Uh, they can contact that organization. I don't have their website off the top of my head, but they can search that on the Internet and probably find a practitioner that's near them. So it's really exploding. I think you're going to see this as being the mainstream norm maybe within the next five or ten years because when I first got into this in 2009, there was nobody doing it. Nobody knew what it was. Uh, one of my friends who trained me in it, Dr. Datis Karajian, who's just a fantastic guy, he got into it back when we were in chiropractic school together back in the 1990s. So it gives you an idea how long it's been around. And he was trained by some people who had been doing it before he was even. Uh, but uh, patients can find people on the, on the internet that can help them out with this. So it's really growing a lot. Uh, I don't know how much it's spread throughout Europe and other parts of the world. That might be more of a problematic um, thing for patients. Do you do Skype consultations for people? We're starting to set that up. I, I haven't done that yet uh, just because I'm trying to look into the legality of it a little bit more. Since it is a new type of a thing, uh, there are some different restrictions as far as if you're going to help a person uh, across state lines or out of country, there's some different scope of practice kind of limitations on there. So I haven't set that up, but there are many doctors who do that right, right now. Usually the only ones that I've been doing the Skype consults with are ones who had seen me first. So I usually have the patient come in and see me for a physical exam first, and then we can do follow-up care afterwards via Skype, because um, I do have patients like in Arizona, New Zealand, uh, New York, uh, Los, uh, Louisiana, Florida, that are around that we do that for, but usually I have them come in and see me first. So if we have, for example, a listener who lives in Sweden, and mm -hmm. they find a doctor to do a Skype consultation with who's available to do that mm -hmm. and to uh, set up... Right the uh, laser light equipment and, and with the right settings, they would still then have to purchase the unit from Airconia in order to be able to use it. Correct. Correct. It's because the, each, and each unit has different wavelengths and frequencies and settings on there. So I, that's, I've been using the Arconia one for 13 years, and I really like their research behind it. I, I would really recommend the patients to look at doing it that way if they find someone in another, in another country to uh, uh, utilize their laser because it's a, such, a, such a great product. And you might not know the answer to this, but so the person, mm -hmm. let's say in Sweden, uh, finds a person, mm -hmm. uh, a doctor to do a, a consultation with on Skype, and then they purchase the unit. It's sent to them. Now, mm -hmm. is there a warranty mm -hmm. to the unit? From what I know, I know, I know that um, uh, Erconia does have a warranty. I don't know how many years it is. I don't know if it's two years or if it's five years, but they do have a warranty. Um, I, and here's a great thing. Here's a testament for how good these products are. I have uh, three of their lasers that I've had since 2008. I see, I treat about between 140 and 160 patient visits per week. And 
I've never had to send my laser in for anything except for a, a new rechargeable battery in all the years that I've had it. And that's been it. It's, it's lasted like a charm. So warranty issues with this company is not a big problem because they make such a high-quality product. That's why you have the higher, higher price. You know, it's kind of like the difference between buying a high-end car versus, you know, a really inexpensive uh, car on there. You're going you're gonna to get what you pay for. Right. And if a person uh, uses this who has Parkinson's symptoms for, let's say, 25 days and they feel like it's not doing mm-hmm. them any good, as I understand it, uh, they can still return the unit uh, and get a refund, or at least that's what their staff told me was the case. Would it be the case that some people need to keep at it for longer than 30 days? In in, in reality, with a neurodegenerative progressive condition like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, I definitely think they're going to need to use it for the rest of their life. That's why when I have patients who come in to see me with these conditions, I tell them as they come along, I'm like, at some point you really should think about getting your own laser because realistically it's going to become more cost-effective in the long run to have that product. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of times you get that tax write-off depending on what country they're in. You know, here in the U.S., we can get that tax write-off for a prescribed medical device. So it saves them on taxes as well, too. Um, and also when we're looking at, let's say you've got someone in the family who's got Parkinson's, we know there's a whole, in many cases, there's a whole genetic predisposition to it. So why not start using it on the family members preventatively? And that's what I've done with my patient who had uh, Parkinson's. His father was in his 70s, has Parkinson's. They were moving to Arizona. And that's why I told him, look, you know, your dad's going to be living with you. Why don't you get the laser? You can use it on him continuously. You've got some of the signs because he's only in his 30s and he's got the chronic constipation and the loss of smell and some different symptoms there. I'm like, start using it on yourself on a regular basis. That way you can kind of get ahead of this before you start showing more of the symptoms. So I would say for most of your patients, I, it's, a, it's a great purchase to do to use for the rest of their life. An expectation then that, okay, I'm going to try this out for 10 days, and if I don't see a result, then I'm just going to turn it back. That's probably misgiven. The reality is that it may take some time to see some results and to think that you're going to know one way or another after uh, less than a month whether it's going to work is probably (laughs) not the best approach. It, it's not, and I think that's why I really encouraged your your listeners to go onto PubMed.com uh, and read the articles for themselves because when you read the research and you start to understand what's happening on the cellular level, the way that it affects the alpha-synuclein and the way – I mean, in the laboratory models, they actually will inject uh, monkeys or mice with this – particular form of, basically it's meth, it's a particular form of meth that triggers Parkinson's disease because it destroys the uh, dopamine producing centers in the pars compacta in the substantia nigra. And they show that when they laser these animals that they don't really develop the disease like in the control groups. So even though, you know, you're not seeing, you're not maybe feeling the results on a molecular level, you're not getting the alpha-synucleopathy like you do when you don't have laser. And we know from the studies that you're increasing blood flow in the brain you're increasing the function of the mitochondria, which is the energy powerhouse of all the cells. And we know that all these progressive neurological diseases, as the neurons die, a lot of it's because of mitochondrial dysfunction and vascular compromise. I mean, as I'm looking at, the, at that particular research study from Frontiers in Neuroscience in front of me, they specifically say that on here, that's one of the proposed mechanisms that the laser works. It's by sparing the death of these neurons, by improving mitochondrial function and improving blood flow in the brain. And those are things that, you know, you may not feel it, but it's happening on the cellular level. Let's say, for example, that a family in Canada is interested in using this. The wife has mm-hmm. Parkinson's. The father 
has some dementia issues. The son is having some learning disabilities. The daughter has yeah. a pretty serious infection that just can't be cured. Can all four members of the family use this? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fantastic to use that. I, I, have, a, I have a great example, too, of what the laser can do with the brain with well, actually my, uh, my office manager because they, they ended up getting their own laser because of the results that I got with her brother who had a major brain trauma as a kid from a, a car accident where a uh, Los Angeles city worker smashed through the, through the front wall of their house. He was drunk and high and hit him while he was on the couch when he was only six months old, and he had uh, paralysis on the left side of the body, his eyes couldn't move off to the left, and he was left uh, developmentally delayed on the level of about a 10-year-old. And 30 years later, they bring him into my office, and we start working on him with a laser. And after just a couple weeks of sessions, he was able to move his eyes to the left for the first time in 30 years. He got some movement back in the left arm, and now his personality is starting to change because uh, my, my office managers told me that normally he wouldn't even remember when his birthday is and had no interest in planning his birthday party. He's like, whatever you guys want to do. She said this year he brought up when his birthday was coming up and gave them a list of exactly what needed to be done. I need you to call this person and get them here. I need a caterer. I need a, a magician. I need all these different things. So, yeah, that's being used on, uh, uh, on him making some huge differences and is used on the rest of the family as well for, for the different conditions they have. So uh, it's a great thing to, to use that, let's say, if they may be getting it for the brain, but let's say that family in Canada that you were talking about, say someone gets in a car accident, you can get a laser on, on them right away and that can speed up the recovery. Let's say they get a burn, you can get a laser right on there and a, and the laser can actually start to repair the, the burned skin as well. Uh, there's just so many things you can do with a laser. We can go on for hours about this. Well, that all sounds very, very exciting indeed. So you mentioned that there uh, may be some uh, personal evidence that you have that you might want to discuss of uh, working with persons with Parkinson's symptoms in your own clinic. Uh, yes, yeah. One of the and you know one of the big things that I've seen with the patients with Parkinson's is you know a lot of them start to complain too about the inability to to swallow. Uh, you know, having difficulty with pills or other kinds of things. And what we've seen that's worked fantastic because that's, you know, you really don't want to lose that pathway because that's bad news. Uh, we'll use, we'll place the, the laser on the back of the skull while having them trying to practice drinking a glass of, of water. And a lot of times the patient will start off being unable to swallow. And after we continue to do this on them, you see that swallowing movement start to come back. Uh, we've had patients where their gut motility has improved too, to where they don't have that chronic constipation anymore. They're now able to, instead of having a low up on fiber all the time, which is just kind of backlogging everything. As we get the brain starting to fire down the vagus nerve into the gut, they're now having the, um, you know, the, the bowels move more normally, which is really exciting. And I think the biggest one was when I had the, the patient who came in who was really not very responsive, not very talkative, was the words from his wife when she said, you know, the biggest thing is, when she first brought him in, is she said she felt like she didn't have her husband, that he wasn't the same person that he used to be. And as we started using the laser on him, and again, this took a couple of months before we saw the difference, but when we saw him be able to sit up and joke around and even have a little sarcasm and tease her and tease me on different things. She said, 
that's the husband I remember, the smartass, you know, and so it was nice to see his, his personality return. And I think that's a, that's a big thing. You know, we may not be able to repair everything and depending on how far the, the disease has progressed, but if you can get a person to still be able to have their mental capacity and have their personality there, that's very, very power, powerful thing that can bring, uh, you know, some joy to the family because, as we know, it's very stressful for the family members going through all of this stuff. Um, one of the best examples with my dad before he passed was, my dad started to have dementia, and he would come in. Uh, my mom would, would talk about him that he just, he just wasn't himself, that she said he, she felt like he was uh, fading away right in front of our eyes. He was slipping away. And so they lived a few hours away from me, so they couldn't get down to see me all the time. But when my dad would come, come down, he'd come in, and he wouldn't really talk. He'd kind of want to isolate himself. When I'd get a laser on him, within about 20 minutes after that laser being on his brain and me going through and doing some eye exercises with him, you almost couldn't shut him up. He, he would become so talkative. <laughs> And, and, and it was almost like he went back in time because, uh, you know, when he didn't have the laser, he kind of wouldn't make sense. He'd go off on tangents or just kind of sit there. And we get the laser on him. I felt like I had my, my old dad back for a while because, you know, he, you could have that conversation with him. He could go to lunch and enjoy the, the time we were there. And my mom said that when she would drive back home with him, if he, get, if he would get laser, she said he'd talk to her the whole time. If he didn't get laser – he'd sleep the whole time. So for me, that was pretty powerful. I, I felt like it gave us a few more years with my, with my dad before he passed. And, you know, that's really pretty darn valuable when you can get some better quality of life um, and some more time with a person. Dr. Gar, now what else do listeners need to know about this laser therapy for Parkinson's that we haven't discussed yet? Okay. I think it's really important for them to know that it does work extracranially, which means applied outside of the skull. There are many researchers out there and, and some other companies too who try to claim you have to do it like by directly implanting a laser vascularly into the brain or having to go uh, you know, uh, directly way up in the nasal cavity. Uh, you don't have to do that because when we're looking at what a laser is putting out, it's putting out millions and millions and millions of photons. Yes, the skull does block a lot of those from coming through, but even if only 5% of those millions of photons get through the skull and into the brain, it still has a global effect. When we're also putting the laser, say, over the base of the neck, uh, between the base of the skull and the upper cervical spine, we're also getting a lot of the energy of the laser into the blood supply that's going directly up into the brain. So as we, we put the laser on there, it's, all these photons of energy are being absorbed into the bloodstream and going up into the brain. So it does have an impact in the brain, even when you apply it, what we call it transcranially. So don't let them be discouraged by that because you'll see some of them that say, uh, even the guy that I referenced earlier, Dr. Hamlin, he tries to say that it's, you know, it doesn't really get in there through the brain, uh, through the skull. But we see the difference in the patients too where you can do a balance test. That's one of the challenges we'll do. We'll have a patient try to stand with their eyes closed and you can see them sway all over the place. We do the laser in a, in a matter of minutes, you can see that, that function improve. So that's very important for them to know. I think it's important too if they're going to get a laser or have it done on them. Stay away from the class four when it comes to the brain. That can be fine for dealing with pain, like arthritic pain, but when we're dealing with the brain or we're dealing with a thyroid or any kind of conditions like that, you really want to go on the lower power side. That's really important for them to do. And if you go to one pr practitioner and you don't get that good of results, don't give up on laser. It just may be that that practitioner 
had the Ferrari and didn't have a driver's license. You know, they just didn't know how to use it because the, the more well-trained your physician is, the better results you're going to get. And in a perfect world, I recommend them to look for somebody who's trained in functional neurology. That's where they can go to the website, www.iafnr.org. And there are doctors on there from around the world because they've done training through even uh, webinars, so they have global participation. That way they can get a doctor who really knows about neurology, and especially with a condition like Parkinson's, you'll have some doctors who aren't very well versed in it, and uh, you know that they won't help them as much. Fascinating. Well, I've been asked uh, uh, by many people about balance issues. What can help with balance issues? Mm-hmm. You just mentioned that uh, that was beneficial to that person. Uh, so, if they get Correct. a treatment, balance is better. Is it just for ten or fifteen minutes, or can a person expect more sustained results with balance if they have right. just uh, several treatments? That, that's another one that's going to vary from patient to, to patient, you know, and then it's also going to depend on how much they do of their homework at home. So, we I've seen some patients like the one that had vertigo, where, where I treated him six years ago, and he only has to come in for a tune-up, maybe once a year to once every two years. And then we've got other patients where we have to do it a little more regularly. So it depends on how ramped up the disease process is, how, you know, what's their diet like? Do they have a lot of inflammation? Is the glucose not well monitored on there? If we have all of those things, we're we're monitoring all that and they're being compliant with their dietary protocols, we can expect to see some improvements from session to session that can hold. But again, because it is a neurodegenerative process, this is something where the person really needs to be active on creating neuroplasticity on a daily basis. So that's where the patient needs to be continually stimulating the brain. That's why when we have a Parkinson's patient, we'll usually have them also do things like intermittent fasting along with it because the research on intermittent fasting and and brain disorders is fantastic. We also will many times have them do ketogenic types of diets, which are the higher fat, higher good fat diets on there. And then we'll have them do uh, like burst activity type of exercises. So high intensity exercise has been shown to be very, very beneficial with Parkinson's patients uh, because you can really try to stimulate that dopamine pathway a lot more. And what we'll actually do if we have a patient who has a laser at home is we'll have them be lasered while they're doing the exercise, or we might laser them while they're here in the office as well doing that. So again, it, unfortunately, it varies from person to person on how long they can expect those uh, improvements to last. Intermittent fasting means every fast for 12 hours or 24 hours or two days or what typically is the recommendation? There's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. We'll try to do it with patients depending on what their overall health status is. So some patients aren't healthy enough to do it yet. Um, we'll have others that are more healthy where we might try to get them up to where they can do a 24-hour period. Usually we'll try to do where we might just have them try to intentionally skip, say, either breakfast or skip dinner and to go into, say, a 12-hour fast. So this is where the clinician really needs to assess the overall health of that individual to see what they can tolerate. Because for some people, like let's say if they've got a major uh, blood sugar issue with like uh, uh, functional hypoglycemia where they're getting shaky and irritable. We don't want to do that right off the bat because that's going to put them into too much of a crisis. So then we'll just try to go ketogenic where we try to increase their, their good fat content to get the brain to start burning fat as fuel instead of, uh, instead of sugar and glucose. And uh, so again, unfortunately, it's kind of, you got to customize it with each patient. There's no cookie cutter that works for this. Dr. Gar, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of the thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio for taking this time out to explain this new and exciting therapy. I know 
that many people are going to seize the opportunity to take some action on this particular therapy. It's exciting to me to identify something is. that mm-hmm. shows such great promise for people that have these neurological does, challenges. And I have to also admit that I've had many questions from people, what about laser therapy? And I, I've always had to say, well, yes. I don't know. And now I can say, oh, right. I finally know. Dr. Gar is trained us all in this. So I want to thank you for being available to provide all this valuable information. Well, I, I thank you for having me on here, and I think that's the key thing is getting the information to people's hands and giving them hope. And I, I think that's one of the things from my personal experience too is, you know, seeing my dad go down with, you know, dementia, I don't want to have that happen to myself. So I use the laser on myself preventively on a daily basis. And, you know, growing up, I went through a period where I had Tourette's, I had the whole tics and everything, and I had uh, ADHD as well. And the laser's done wonders for me with those two conditions also. So there's a lot of hope that's out there. I, I, I want your patients to know that, that they've, just because they may have had a doctor who doesn't know about this therapy and told, well, you just got to learn to live with it and expect that you're going to get worse. There are other options. And this is definitely a great thing, a great tool for them. I, I thank you for creating your radio program to spread this awareness with a lot of people. It's great, wonderful what you're doing uh, to get this information out to as many people as possible. Thank you so much, Dr. Gar, for this wonderful preview of this exciting new therapy. This is Robert Rogers, your host, founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We're dedicated to providing information about new options, new therapies, natural ways that people are finding success with reversing symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And have we delivered on that promise today? And that's what's happening on the shores of, you guessed it, the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and most importantly, where all the children are truly loved. Know that by listening to this marvelous discovery and interview today that you indeed are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week. We'll connect with you on our next radio show coming up soon. Good day.